Welcome. Today we will teach you how to grow your small business through marketing and stop, sales. Stop, 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 stop. We got the truth. We got the truth. This is not a normal business show and it's not taught in Harvard Business School. So leave your preconceived notions at the door because we're looking for the big truths of what makes a small business tick. We bravely lean into psychology, business, philosophy, religion, and more to learn from experts on how to create a healthy balance in life and business. I'm Joe Watkins. And I'm Travis Castle, serial entrepreneurs and your host. Not here to sell you a thing, just deliver the big truths of small business. This is Joe. Let me get right into the show because this one's passionate for me. We're, 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 we have a bit of a debunked show to present today. We're actually going to do the opposite of what everything on the internet is coming up in searches. When I search this, how to turn your business into your passion. Okay, I searched that and every single result that I got actually said something more like this. Five tips for finding your passion passion, and turning that into a career or a business. They're all flip-flopped. They're saying, find your passion and turn it into a business. Our show is going to debunk that a little bit, Travis, and talk about how to turn your business into a passion. And we've got some goodies on this, right? Mm, this is kind of our topic here. This, this, is, this is the big truth of small business. And, and we, we don't go against the, the mainstream just because. We actually deliver. I mean, again, we are always in seek and search of the truth. We've never espoused to, to have truths. There are some, some fundamental truths we delivered, but... We're in seek of the truth, and we don't believe that what's being espoused about turning passions into careers at large is actually true. So, Travis. yeah, let's 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 put this into context a little bit because certainly I love the idea, and I can think of some people who have had a true blue passion play in other words in my so my definition here a little bit joe if we can go with my definition one time is this is something that they're doing there's no money exchanging hands it admits it, it, it could even be deemed a hobby quite often and then at some point it gets pointed towards the business world meaning there needs to be some money exchanging hands for me to do this thing whatever it is right so that's kind of the definition of passion play. I want, I wish everybody could do that. Oh, by yeah. The way. Yeah, yeah. Listen, would that be the would that be an unbelievable goal? Oh, great. Yes, great. Awesome. Is is it reality for everyone, Travis? Very few. Okay. So I, I'm good with that being in the back of your mind. But when your sixteen hundred dollar rent payment is due. And your music career is not going to pay the rent. Then, 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 then that's something that we want to get real about too, right? That's some sobering truth, actually. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in your your after hours that you're not focusing on that still, okay? Because there, there's some passions important. I, 
I play out all my passions. I I wanted to be a a senior golfer at the age of fifty. I'm not fifty yet, but I, I don't think I'm going to get there. Okay, I'm going to com- be competing against guys that have been playing their whole career on tour, and so so I get it. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Obviously okay, and so it doesn't mean you can't. Right. But we're going to be. We like to give some realness around some of this. So that's what we're going to do. And and we've got some some goodies. Got, let's first let's some debunking to get on. To. We do. Let's first go ahead and and in this article about turning your passion into a business. Again, we're talking about turn your business into mm-hmm. your passion. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what here's what the uh, the Forbes article mm. says about that. Very reputable. Number article. one, find your passion. Okay, let's start with this question: What would you do if money were no object? Well, I mean, okay. Um, uh, okay, a lot of things. In other words, what does your ideal life look like if you had everything taken care of financially and you didn't have to worry about a thing? What would you do with your time, Travis? I, well, what what business would you start? Would you start a nonprofit? Oh, that's a that's a misnomer there because I wouldn't start any business. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no <clears throat> contemplating the passion play. You wouldn't have a need to. Your passion play actually wouldn't be a business at all. That's right. Because if I'm the guy who likes to give a lot of myself, I'll just go give. Absolutely. If I'm the guy who who loves to compete in golf, I'll play in the I'll play in the in the in the Saturday game, in the Friday game, in the Wednesday game, in the Monday game, and I'll just play golf not for a living because I don't have to. Right. That's oh, my passion. Oh, I love to compete. I love golf. The, the the business side interrupts all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I won't do that if, I, if money's not an issue. What a horrible starting point. So the fundamental me. question has some fundamental issues and problems with it. Mm-hmm. This is what our younger generation is uh, is growing up to think like. Again, I don't want to be be all bad about this, but but I had I had once a, an advisor of mine, a friend of mine, tell me this, and I I believe this to be true. Never 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 said it out loud. Not sure that I that I wanted to until we had some conversation around it. But he said, "You know, the worst thing that a kid can can ever be told that every kid can ever be told is you can grow up and be anything you ever wanted to be." And it was so impactful to me because what do we tell our kids? You can do anything. And we do that out of love and out of uh, encouragement. But when he said that and who it came from, it resonated more than it would have coming from others because, you know, he's, he's in the ministry and, and, and just a deep thinker. And it, and it just is so true, right? No. Everyone who decides they want to be a doctor can't be a doctor. If you want to be the president of the United States, where well, there's only been you know fifty plus of those, no, you cannot be anything that you want to be. There are limitations for a multitude of reasons, and therefore, there's also limitations of turning passions into business. But we can talk to you about how to turn business into a passion, Travis. So I'd break that down a, a little bit more. We and we sort of did this earlier today. Um, Let's take that old guitar 
free. You know anybody that plays the guitar, by the way, Joe? I, I, ha- I happen to know one. Okay, I know a guy on the podcast here that plays the guitar. Plays guitar pretty well. This is this is better than, than the average guy that I've been around that has a guitar in his house. Okay? So when, when we think about that guy and we think, hey, this is my passion. This playing, this guitar is my passion. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to say I don't think that's always true. But in, in fact, I would say for most guys that play the guitar that would want to go be, I don't know, who's your favorite guitarist? If you had to pay money you know, in for the like country, somebody. In the country world, um, Keith Urban is unbelievable in, in the country music world today. Uh, Brad Paisley is, is, is actually very revered. And you can go, I mean, you, you know, you got Richie Sambora, you got some All other kind people of guys some bands. That, yeah. that are just guitar guys that yep. people would recognize, mm-hmm. right? And so I actually think more specifically to that passion, if we peel it apart, it's not so much you sitting alone in a room playing a guitar and going, man, I really enjoyed myself playing that guitar. It's you engaging with an audience. The guitar is sort of a tool to do that, right? So sometimes I think the passion play, the mistake that can be made is what, and and not just you engaging with the audience, what you really want is confirmation that you're doing something really well from that audience, right? No doubt. I mean, I mean, there are people that that are maybe, you know, savant in nature that just, you know, are just all into their thing. But, but that is still different than turning that thing, that passion, that love of of your hobby or into a business also is what we're discussing. Right. But I love what you just said because it's actually turning towards our show is, is getting a little bit deeper behind. Let's say you, you, you are thinking about something that you enjoy doing and turn that into a business. And in that case, you said, play the guitar. Maybe you play the guitar and you're singing. Maybe the playing the guitar is just, t- for me personally, it's a tool for me to sing. And for me to sing is a uh, me wanting to garner a bit of an audience. Why do I want the audience? For the audience to validate that I did something well. That's what you just said. That's right. Okay. And when you articulated, as we were trying to figure out where our next steps are in our life and our business, and you articulated what I think you really are looking for as an audience, now, not not music specifically, right. but you know, this podcast we're seeking audience, right? Right. Um, the vehicle by which I get the audience, come to find out, is not as important. As the audience. And, and, and there it is. There, there's, the real, there's the real nugget, and perhaps that's what really needs convincing for a lot of people. Well, I mean, it was actually super powerful to me today, the conversation, because it, it, it's so glaringly true. And so let's go deeper. So why, why is the vehicle to the audience not as important? Because, well, when you look across – my interest and in, 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 in sort of maybe the alignment in those interests is I, I want validation of a job well done. And 
I particularly have invested interest in skills that are visible in getting that validation. Some maybe don't want that visible skill validation, but it seem seemingly mm-hmm. when you look across some of the things I do and 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 why I do them and and what it looks like, it, it it's I like a, a, a participative participative you know validation of a, of a, of a of a skill that I've spent time doing. And so, and it's not just one; it's it's a multitude of those. And so, so then we we talked about that earlier, and 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 boiled that down to, and you and you brought up uh, a famous individual that sort of espouses this. What's his name? You're speaking of Gary V. No, 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 no. The one that espouses the excellence, the opposite of Gary V. Oh, oh, oh. Oh no no! Yeah, you know, the, the, the 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 big the monster machine guy, monster. You'll come up with him. I'll think about it. Uh, because what we discussed was, and this is where we're heading is 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 it that we are looking for the passion and making that profitable, and that's what gives us the feedback, or is it really that? A just simply a job well done, a sense of excellence is actually the passion that we're all looking for. Well, and I think maybe what we got to think about here is is that is that escapable in any way, right? I actually don't think it's escapable, and and the reason for that is I think it's hardwired. You know, from the from the moment. Uh, so we we were playing golf today. So a buddy of ours who's got this uh, grandchild looks to be maybe two years old or so is showing me a video of of uh, his his grandson putting a ball on uh, a little tee, you know, right there in his living a little plastic tee, and he, he it's a baseball, so he hit, hits it. It's tee ball, and the first thing that the kid does is look up at whoever's holding the camera after he hits it. It's hardwired. At right? two years old. We need somebody to see us. We're looking for the attaboy. I mean, I almost want to say, you know, the macho side of me wants to say, and I, I'm, I'm sure I have said this, I don't need any validation, Joe. I don't need your validation. I don't need, I don't need anybody's validation. I know when I do a good job. I intrinsically know. My standards are higher than yours. Okay, all that. I, at this point, I'm ready to say none of that's true. <laughs> None of that's true. We're all the two-year-old hitting the ball in the living room, looking up at mom or dad and going, did you see that? Mm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of in our DNA. It's in our DNA. We have to respect it, so we got to put it in our decision-making. So let's underscore this. Let's, let's make sure it's highlighted here. What we're saying is, is our pursuit of excellence maybe even fundamentally ingrained in our DNA, in the human nature, given to us by God, mm-hmm. is our pursuit of this excellence really at the end of the day is the passion, is the passion play. It's the passion play. Versus how do I take what I believe to be my passions and turn it into a profitable venture? Because that's difficult. It's very difficult. Because then it goes, let's go back to, to, to many podcasts in the, in the past, which is, is there demand for that service? You know, 
what's the business model around it. There's a lot of great ideas that 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 that, are, that you know uh, there's not enough demand or not enough audience for. I mean, it just goes on and on. There's so many things in this. Doesn't mean it can't be done, but what? Let's let's look at it like this way. What are you? What skills or attributes do you demonstrate that you're good at? I would rather a young person to think about that versus, you know, what things do you do or know that you want to do? Because again, I mean, their experience in life and 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 and, and, and skills and, and and things that it's actually minimal. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a poor question actually. What do you want to be when you grow up at, at sixteen? Well, I mean, it. <laughs> Give me a break, right? Yeah, not not enough. Well, you know, if we could go back into the parenting machine, you know, it it would be something that I would choose to do better, to do a better job of, is to is to be on the lookout for those skill sets and to kind of be mindful of maybe nudging and upholding those skill sets as the thing instead of necessarily always needing to be this straight a report card or this home run ball that now they're hitting in the game that we go out to eat because you hit a home run that you look more for some wins that are in this category that we're discussing that are real really tangible and really are, are a part of who they are in in order to celebrate them and then i think you know because look we're also going to move towards where we where we are getting that attaboy. So if I can play the guitar like nobody's business now, which there's a lot of those guys too, doesn't mean they'll ever make a penny playing the guitar. But they might be special. They might be one in a hundred, right, or one in five hundred. And so what do they get praised for? Playing the guitar. I mean, it's Pavlov's dog to a degree, right? We're growing up looking for people to affirm us. And so we start trying to do more of that. So it makes sense that naturally, especially as young people, we think, well, heck, how can I model? How can I do this every day and get paid for it? And the danger is, is you get down the road and you've you spent a decade doing it and you don't get paid for it. Absolutely. So what does that do in reverse of your psyche? So I like what you said around, and let's use our favorite uh, analogy here in golf. My son played has played golf since he's, you know, probably seven or eight years old. And I've made a lot of mistakes down that road because, uh, you know, I think we push sometimes results. Results is like, what's your test score in school? What's the test score? Some kids have different aptitudes. There's different things going on. There's different, uh, uh, there's different, uh, things they're good at that are not highlighted by the test, but but, but the tests are what we have, and the, and, and the golf score is what we have, and 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 so uh, sometimes some some feedback gets driven back because the, the the results say, well, based on results, you must not have done X Y Z. Well, if we look at golf, golf is actually a microcosm of life. I mean, there's discipline, there's patience. Uh, there's routine, uh, there's consistency of practice if you're going to try to be good at it. There's controlling your uh, your heart rate, you know, keep, keeping yourself calm and in the moment, sure. right? Not getting too far ahead of yourself. Uh, there's etiquette. 
strategy. Uh, their strategy. Uh, there, yeah, there's a bit of a, a, a chess game being played out there. There's conditions and weather mm-hmm. and all kinds of, of curveballs that get thrown at you based on all that. Things you control, things you don't control. Lots right. of things you don't control. Um, it's just it's just an amazing, unlike, and I've played all, almost all the big sports. Unlike any other sport, it, it it there's every element of the struggle of life in golf, and so highlighting and, and, and focusing on the skills that get created through that, and then when you see some in that, again, rather than focus on. Most often, your kid will not be the professional athlete. Let me say that on on the record here. Mm-hmm. He may be, but how about in addition to to that being a goal? If that's a goal, what are the what are the highlighted skills that are naturally reoccurring with your kid mm-hmm. inside of that sport? So if it's golf, maybe my kid demonstrates an immense level of patience and steadiness doesn't get emotional mm-hmm. super steady which is all, which is a very good trait in golf that's right but what other things in life Fantastic. could that be that's a right. good right. trait in mm-hmm. it would translate to he could do well right uh, because he's excellent in that area mm-hmm. he's excellent in that skill um, what, what are some? Well, what? one of the things that keeps coming to mind as you're saying all that is, you know, the number one thing that I could hope for for my children, you know, is resiliency. And so a round of golf, you know, sometimes a whole of golf, you need to be resilient. You need to be, you know, thick skinned. You need to be, uh, you need to be able to take the blows and quickly move past them and move forward. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm with you on that. You know, how, I mean, how many dads are pulling kids aside? Uh, I go to a lot of junior tournaments. I mean, how many dads are pulling kids aside after they fired an 81 and said, I want you to know how proud I am of you for hanging in there mentally today? You didn't have the good stuff, but I, I'm and, and highlighting that resilient nature. You didn't throw a club. You right. didn't, and you know. And what is that again? Applying this back to business, how does that demonstration of an excellent skill portray itself into a, into a future business? I mean, maybe maybe that kid, uh, you know, is going to be a. a a counselor, you know, counselors have to deal with just an immense amount of, of, of stress and trauma and, and, and they got to keep themselves very level, keep a level head about them. They might hear just a horrific story, but still have to give a, a bit of feedback. Got to stick to the game plan. Yeah. Now, if we focus on him being the athlete, the golfer, we could totally miss the application. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think what we're describing most everybody's guilty of. I think it's good good to highlight it, talk about. It. I don't hear this really discussed in in this manner, so I think it's uh, I think it's a big part of it. Uh, I I, I want to go back quickly um, to this idea of 
excellence in your business, right? In terms of maybe I've already got a business and, you know, maybe. Excellence as a passion. As a passion. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, just maybe, uh, Joe, I don't know if you've ever known anybody that was a little dissatisfied with their small business, right? Maybe they're, maybe they're feeling a little worn out here. Maybe they're, they're thinking of all kinds of different things to do. And I think what we want to throw our hat in the arena and say is what you just said, which is, you know, how, how do we go about taking that small business that you frankly don't even want to show up to on Monday morning and getting it to somewhere where you can't wait to get to on Monday morning, turning it into that passion? Yeah, it, it's probably first and foremost not – Most often, maybe I need to think about something else. Because, again, we had a previous show no called Spilling the Blood. The blood you spill. <laughs> blood in the streets. Blood in the streets. <laughs> well, <laughs> starting a new business is a whole lot more blood. Okay. And, and, and it's so easy in our culture to say, I don't like what I'm feeling. I'm going to shift gears. I don't like my... My relationship, I'm gonna get a divorce. I, you know, I don't like my job. I look for another one. Well, in small business, the, the the change to another small business is a lot different than the change in a different job, right? It's almost like changing wives. <laughs> Not really easy. So, what we're suggesting is 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 figuring out in your business. How can you get excited around becoming excellent in your business, creating some excellency in areas of your business? Uh, what does that look like? It could be a number of things. Um, you know, I have, uh, in my market, I have the most premium grass-cutting service in my market. There are guys that do the, the weed, weed eat, blow, and goes, but, but mine is a 10-point service, and it's double the price of the Weed Eat Blows and Goes guys, but, but I, I know what that looks like, and I'm going to elevate my business to that level because I've been kind of competing at this level, and I'm going to create some excellency, excellency around that. I'm going to create some excellence, excellency. I can't even say the word excellency around uh, maybe how I, I, I bring my market to business. You know, the fellow we talked about earlier today, I mean, he's just an absolute guru at getting the phone to ring. I mean, he just, he invests in it. He understands it. He's, he's spilt blood in it, as the previous show indicate. And, 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 the, and the excitement that he is getting, and by the way, he's pushing 60, been in business for 30 years, and just purchased two new businesses <laughs> in addition. Corresponding businesses, not, 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 out, not out of field. Right. How do you do that? How do you keep excited about that? It's this topic we're talking about. It's excellency. Yeah, yeah. The excellency is the passion in your business. That's what we're saying. Uh, yeah, that, that's what we're talking about. And, and, and so I'm going to prove it to you because, I, you know, I can kind of see the guy that's sort of done with his business. I mean, you know, maybe it makes some money. Maybe the money's kind of going down. Either way, 
you know, it kind of requires a double down on his part here. Maybe with time and money, effort. Maybe he's got to bring new people in. Maybe he's got to get a partner. You know, who knows? I'm going to prove it to you. So what was the, uh, you know, you're not a big boxing guy. Like when we talk sports, I don't ever hear you talking about the, the, the boxing match last week. And I don't watch it much anymore. Now, back in the 80s and 90s, I was addicted. I watched yeah, everything. Back then I did, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. kind of a different sport. Yeah. But when we think about that time period, there's usually a couple of guys that non-boxing fans, by nature, uh, would actually pay to watch. Holyfield now, who, and who Tyson. Holyfield and Tyson, right? And, and these guys broke all kind of – still hold pay-per-view records. Uh, amazingly enough, because now they're charging a hundred bucks to watch these these fights. But uh, so, why is it that non-boxing fans would it would become an event when these guys would fight? Like you would go to your buddy's house, there'd be twelve people there. You're ordering pizza. It's gonna be you're gonna play poker before. It's gonna be an all nighter, and it's gonna lead up to watching this 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 thing happen that you really don't care to watch if it's not that person doing it, right? So you know you're watching something that is unique in nature. You're watching something that only you can get if that guy's doing it. And that's what we're discussing is how do you take your business, how do you become the Mike Tyson of the heating and air business? How do you become the Evander Holyfield of the swimming pool cleaning business? Right? Because if you could be that guy, if you could be the guy that, when that truck shows up in the driveway, that guy opens the door, and, and you can see the look on their face, and they go, man, I know you're the best in the business. I'm so happy you're here. Versus, you were 15 minutes late. You know, golly, that price is too high, right? That's what you're experiencing now. You're experiencing mediocrity or, you know, nobody's, nobody's paying a premium to see you. Nobody's happy that you're walking in their door. And that wears on anybody. Like, it would be normal to want to get away from that situation. But that excellence that we saw uh, from usually these athletes are the ones that we bring up. Another quick story I'll tell you real quick. I tell the story all the time. Why are we attracted to that excellence? You ever thought about that? What, I mean, what is the root? We say it's DNA. You said God put it there. Why? Why? Why, why is it we see somebody do something at an extreme level, just the, the, the best in the world doing this? It's, it's the Michael Jordan story. You know, again, Michael Jordan, everybody knows his name, one of the biggest names in the world, sports. Everybody wants to go see Michael Jordan play basketball back in the, the late 80s and 90s. And Why is that? What is it about, you know, have you ever been in a room and Michael Jordan walked in the room? Or a Michael Jordan type of person walked in the room? When was the last time you were in a room and somebody walked in a room that was bona fide famous? You, do you remember? I... um. Not really, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know been to concerts and stuff. Where, right. Yeah. I, Payne Stewart came and opened the links. I, I, he told me the story. I told yeah. you the story. And Payne, that gummy, he gets out of a white limousine. He's got the knickers on and the hat. He's Payne Stewart, and he puts on this show. And you're in the presence of somebody that's really unique and special. Well, <clears throat> the theory that I've heard that makes the most sense to me: Why are we attracted to this excellence? is that that excellence is an attribute of God. Like, you know, even in the Bible, uh, the, the most excellent God is called, the most high, God the most high, God the most, God is the most, God is the, you know, the extreme of all extremes as God. And so 
we're attracted to godlike qualities. And one of the highest and best godlike qualities is excellence. And here we are talking about it in terms we think about it in that athletes and I we're your your dog on small business on one two three Main Street can have an element of godlike attraction to it because it's built into everybody to see it. Yeah, let me give you a, give you an example. I want, let's shift it from we need to get away from athletes because again it, it's kind of the push we want to move young people away from because that's it's the attraction of the of the of the music artist and the, and the athlete that that has steered so much attention. Let's shift how, let's talk about some businesses that show excellence. And if you were in these businesses or operating these businesses or own these businesses, you, you would probably pretty, be pretty darn excited about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites of late, I mentioned it on, on, on some shows back, but uh, it's called Bucky's. <laughs> Bucky's is a, uh, it's hard to even call this a gas station convenience store. I mean, this place is the size of a grocery store. It is a spectacle. With a couple hundred pumps. And it, it is a demonstration of excellence at every level. And it's business, right? It's business. It's not, you know... It's not a business that uh, probably everyone there, like the guy that's cleaning the bathroom floors, he probably didn't decide that, you know, my next job's going to be clean the bathroom, by the way, all day long at Bucky's. Um, but I can tell you this. The guy's proud about clean the bathroom floor at Bucky's because the, their standard of excellence is so high that when this guy gets done cleaning the grout by literally scrubbing the grout every day, all day, everything gets maintained like it's new every day, all day. They have that kind of staff, that kind of attention to detail. I mean, you can walk away from that and go, wow. And everybody that leaves that bathroom is like, wow. I mean, and that's just one area of this pretty unbelievable place. Just and, as, as a side note to that, I've seen a number of people lately. I don't know if there's a new one that's open within fairly, maybe close distance to us, but I see people who've never been on my social media taking pictures when they walk through the door and posting it, and they go, they didn't even say the name of it. It just says, I finally found it, or I'm, I'm finally here. Because they've heard about it for years, right? It's just a, it, 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 it's, it's someone, it's, it's Mr. Bucky. We don't know that's his name, but yeah. we're going to call him Mr. Old Bucky. Old Man Bucky. Old Man Bucky. Uh, we know that it started in Texas. We know that there's a lot of gas stations, uh, a lot smaller than that is where they came from. and But at some point, there was a decision that was going that was made that whatever you thought about gas and whatever you thought about the convenience store, we're going to throw it completely out the door, and we're going to shoot so high that that our customers are going to just be bewildered. And so, 
they're, they're, if you haven't been to Bucky's, I, I encourage you to go because it. I think that if you just look at each area of application of their business and think about what that would look like if you had that kind of thought process around your business, the different pieces of it, I think you might look at it a little differently. I mean, the branding in that place, it, it's incredible. I mean, I, my favorite chapstick is Bucky's Chapstick. Now, I can go pay $2 for a chapstick brand that's not as good as my Bucky's, where all it has on there is the little Bucky's logo. They don't even have the name. It's the, right. it's the logo. Yeah. The little, is it Chipmunk? I think it's a chipmunk. Maybe, and, maybe a beaver. Or be, no, it's a beaver. It's a beaver. And they're 99 cents. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it goes on, 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 on. And so, you know, I encourage you as part of your work in your business, you want to have passion and turn your business into passion, then go find businesses that have already done that. And take some and take some notes. I'm fascinated by it. It's part of why we do this show. Uh, and look, that that could take place. I mean, let's not get too too far afield there because you look at a Bucky's. Anybody's ever been one thinks, oh yeah, man, great. Give me a hundred million dollars. I'll I'll build a, <laughs> I'll build a Bucky's. But here here's something Bucky's can't do. Let's say you own a gas station. Right, maybe you're around the corner, Dagummit, and Bucky's opened up, and you're you're pretty much listening to this podcast now because you saw it. And you went, yeah, how do I do that? Right. Well, here's what Bucky's can't pull off. Right. They're not going to know your name at Bucky's. No. Good luck. They got they got to get you in, and get you out. Right. You're in a turn. Thousands spot. and thousands of people a day coming through. Gas station by my at my house. There was a time I went in enough uh, when I was around enough. The guy knew my name. It's great. He'd have, he'd have a little conversation about things. They weren't so busy, you know. You know, unfortunately for them, weren't quite as busy as as a Bucky's, but busy enough for their business, right? So, so there are ways of competing. Oh yeah, with with the Buckies of the world who are who are these businesses. And by the way, as you're talking about this business and these types of businesses, we have a beautiful business podcast somewhere. We do in in the in the records here, which is kind of what we're rubbed up on here. I mean, it is. It 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 it, it actually has somewhat changed the theme of this. This conversation came out of of today's conversations where, you know, Travis is, is, is in a world where he's, you know, post sell the business kind of entered a new world and golf golf coach. And, you know, just trying to figure out what does this look like for me down the road? How long am I doing this? Is this something that's going to work for me? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera, questions about money, questions about desire. And I'm sitting here too, done some business consulting deals and done some different things and, and kind of, you know, being out there, but not really haven't decided what am I going to promote? And this conversation today came out of all this because the big truth is about getting behind what the real questions are. A lot of times the real, the, the question we're asking is actually not the real question. And so that's what we're saying here. We're debunking that the question is, what's your passion and how do you make it a business? Because 
actually, uh, the business can become a passion. And, and, and the business doesn't have to be that you're already in business, right? Mm-hmm. It's the business of the skills that you already have. Or it's the, you already have the business and it's maybe shifting something to, to inspire your customer. And by the way, when you inspire your customer, you actually inspire yourself. You get yourself excited well, you and get, motivated. You get that feedback we were talking earlier. I mean, think of, again, I, I don't care. Pick your business. And if the customer is just loving it, then then my guess is there's some pretty good things happening in your life, like money um, and, and like that feedback we're talking about, which, you know, it's not about just playing the guitar and play, playing the guitar well. It's about people receiving that and clapping. So anywhere that you've got a business where the customer is clapping for you, there's lots of good things happening in your life. I mean, that's going to become a passion pretty quick. It's going to, that's hard to get away from. It's hard to get it anywhere else, quite frankly. Oh, listen, I mean, we've said this before, and, you know, Truett, Kathy, and Chick-fil-A. They didn't have a couple of nickels to run, rub together, him and his brother, when they started the first store. So, so don't for a second think that this was some funded guys that that created the 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 multi 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 billion dollar organization that is all private with no debt. Okay, this was a couple guys that could muster up. Uh, if I remember right, it, it was something like either fifty four dollars or one hundred fifty four dollars together to start this business in nineteen forty six and. And what's so fascinating is he recognized, Truett recognized, that if, if I could be excellent in a couple areas, mm-hmm. that I, I could do something. I, I could make something really work. And, and, and some of those excellence things for him centered around we're going to close on Sundays and we'll honor God. And I'm going to, and, I, and the result of that is I, I'm going to get some better people because they get a day off in the restaurant business. That's, that's not very common. Um, but, but when he created that one of a kind breaded chicken sandwich that wasn't on the market, he perfected that, uh, that hero product thrusted the business. That was the start of sort of the growth phase. He didn't need, and by the way, he didn't even have a chicken sandwich prior to this. It was burgers, fries, steaks, steak and eggs. There was no chicken sandwich. The chicken sandwich came out. It became the business thrusting point. Okay, now he had some other fundamentals, at least somewhat right, but that product threw it threw it out you fast forward many years later i worked for chick-fil-a for many years i think about how often they did not change the menu it's 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 still relatively similar to when i started in 1992 uh very very little differences really the 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 primary products that had the the highest sales it's still the same products they have a hero glass of sweet tea. They have a hero glass of fresh squeezed lemonade. They have a hero Chick-fil-A sandwich, and they have a waffle fry they've been doing you know, since way back. 
and 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 those are those are those are still the primary sellers, and they do it well. And and so this is you don't have to do everything well, but you got to pick some things, and you got to be great at it. Well, you know the 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 business that really becomes unique is when you begin hiring people and convincing them of what we're discussing, which is, you know, Joe, you may not, you know, you're, you're going to be over, uh, the bathrooms here at the restaurant. I understand. Look, (laughs) you're probably not too excited. That that probably does not strike you as a passion play, but let me tell you and kind of walk you through what that means. There's a, you know, another, another business. Now we're picking some big businesses here, but, um, quick trip, right? Quick trip and the bathrooms at a gas station. So at, at some point, somebody decided, you know, I think there's a competitive advantage in having a clean bathroom and made it sort of a signature part of their business. And, and so, uh, again, I actually advertised it early on. Yeah. Yeah. It actually became a thing, a clean bathroom, right? Well, how's that a passion play? What's well, a passion play when people are getting something out of that? When, when they're, you know, they're showing up to use your clean bathroom and then buying all that high margin stuff between the counter and walking out the door when they leave. Uh, so yeah, there's some, you know, but you know, going back to my point, convincing others to join your business with this philosophy in the segment of your business, you're going to put them in becomes their passion as well. So that's kind of what I think of Chick-fil-A, you know, I actually have an image of Truett being a owner and operator of that original Chick-fil-A because his sign was up there forever. And that was the one I would go to when I was young. Uh, so I don't think of him as, as the mega, you know, conglomerate that Chick-fil-A is now, but in order for them to be what they are now, he had to get, a lot of people excited about doing one little part, one little niche part of their job at a high level because they do so many things at a high level that there's a now, bunch of now. They, yeah, they built yeah, on it. But but even even today in their business, there's people having to convince others of something that seems like a chore or a menial task that's actually that's what's separating them still is they do those little things even so much better than others consistently. Yeah. And you put them all together and it becomes kind of this amazing thing. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of, uh, of, uh, the, uh, atomic habits book. You know, if you're, if you're sitting here going, gosh, all these different things that I got to think about to possibly be excellent. Read the book, atomic habits. What's the author's name? James. I can't remember yeah, the author's name, but look, look up atomic habits. Uh, it, it can be beneficial to you to to not overwhelm yourself with goals, right? Mm-hmm. To to put the goals too far out there. That's right. That one percent improvements over time, compounded by one percent improvements, compounded by one percent improvements, actually statistically, just mathematically, become one hundred percent improvements over a lot shorter period of time than you think. Right. And so it's not putting this goal out there of, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, X, Y, Z in sales and I'm, I'm 500,000 and I want to be 1.5 by next year. I mean, that's, a, it's, a, it's a huge, that the gap there is so wide that it creates a lot of anxiety. Think about things like what can I do today? What one 
thing, small thing can I do today in my restaurant that makes my customer's experience 1% better? Uh, that I know I can do tomorrow, no matter what mood I'm in, right? no matter what other, I don't need any more resources to do it. Something I can do consistently. That's right. And so, and don't think about anything else yet until you can get that one done, that 1% improvement thought through and executed consistently. Don't think about another one. Get that one done. Do it to the place to where that 1% improvement now just becomes habit and part of the culture, right? This is what Chick-fil-A did. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, we're going to, new policy is we're going to hang a, a bathroom cleaning task sign in our bathroom. And, and we're going to clean the bathroom every 20 minutes. It's the job of, you know, these people in the restaurant and they need to sign off on it. Uh, and, and whatever, whatever that process looks like, but you're creating some accountability around it and, well, and, and get real good at being the dad that praises the kid for not necessarily the end result, but for participating in the process the right way, because ultimately, you know, that's going to get the end result, right? So that was one thing I was just never good at. I still struggle with it. I mean, I have to really keep it top of mind to catch somebody doing something right and be able to heap some praise on them and say, hey, because if you're, you know, if you're blessed enough to have some employees in your business, then, you know, you can kind of mandate things like you're saying, hey, this is your job. You will do this to collect your paycheck. But at the same time, how much are we holding them up for some of those small tasks? Oh yeah. How much praise are we really given? Yeah, one one of the most precious things I can remember, you know, running my Chick-fil-A stores is when there was some excitement. I I would I would share a, a goal for someone, small goal. Um they're doing the dishes, three compartment sink, and you know, I wanted that you know, post dish cleaning, you know, I wanted that three compartment sink to look like a new sink. Cause if you didn't, if you didn't clean it every time that way, it would just build scum and, it, you know, food in the bottom of the drain. And then it just, it, it, it demonstrated and, 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 and would, would, would compound to actually a, a, a dirtier situation, right? It's the opposite compound effect. It's right? the opposite yeah. compound effect. So, so I was like, you know, I want that thing to be, you know, just detail clean, not a single piece of food. Uh, if there's rings around the drain, I want it clean. I don't want anything on. I want all the dishes put up. You know, and a 15 year old uh, dishwasher that uh, worked there would would you know, hey Joe, you know, come check it out. You know, come check out my cl- <laughs> clean three compartment right, sink. Yeah. And then you walk over there and you're like, wow. Brother, that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that right there is is what's going to make you super valuable here. That's incredible. Thank you. And 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 getting and so I don't know. It's special to me when 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 someone themselves is rewarding themselves for their own achievement. 
And of course, looking for the validation. I was about to say you you actually and then you just, give it to him. You actually just gave him his audience that he needs. He did, yeah. And and minus that, then the only reason he would ever do that is out of perhaps fear of losing the job, right? That's the only other equation for him. Is I want to collect a paycheck. Boss said, clean the sink. I have to clean the sink, or I'll lose my job. Versus the much better scenario where my guess is the sink gets a lot cleaner on a more regular basis, which is the boss loves it when I clean the sink like this. Yeah. It's all the difference. And and then again, the, the, the self, our whole, our whole premise here is that, that excellence actually is the passion. It's the passion. And the reason why it is, is because it's also self fulfilling back. That's right. It creates the actual revolution, right? When you do something excellent, it's easier for somebody to recognize you did it excellent. Then they tell you that you they, they did it excellent, and then you go, "Crap, I want to do more of it." Absolutely, yeah. That's the beauty of it, That's right? And, uh, and and remembering again to to leverage that in others. I mean, selfishly in some ways, right? As the business owner, I mean, it's all around you. Somebody doing something that they could be caught that you could be the audience for, and now they do it every time because they know they're getting that feedback. We're going. We're going to wrap this up. I think Travis is going to close the show, but I'm, I'm going to say this before he closes the show. We asked the question in the beginning: How can you make your business your passion? The short answer is through absolute excellence within your business. That's what this whole that's what this whole hour's been about. Sorry, sorry, we've taken an hour to get there. But I'm gonna let Travis sign us out with a final thought of wisdom. A final thought on the of big truth. I was about to sing the big truths on the way. <laughs> I, I'm gonna hit the button for that. All right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. My my, my final thought of wisdom want it is deep, deep. you want it deep. Well, I don't think I have anything new for you, but. I can tell you that the pursuit of passion for the sake of self-fulfillment is a short road with a, 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 a bad ending, right? So if, I, if it's just about me and me enjoying what I'm doing here, and then trying to figure out a way to snake some money so I can keep doing what I enjoy doing, you're just not going to build much of an audience. It's not very marketable, is it? So I I would say the contemplation for somebody trying to make the passion play turn into a business, um, you know, ultimately, when we start using that capital B business, it becomes about the customer. It becomes about the consumer. Mm. Uh, So that's my my parting thought of wisdom. That was a beautiful parting thought. Pull that out of the air, really. Wow, we actually should have started the show with that. Probably should have said that earlier. Yeah. I, I don't even want to end the show on that. It, it's so powerful. Let, let, me, let me restate that just to make sure I'm clear. Yeah. You'll probably take ownership of it. And restate <laughs> it. I think what you said was when, when I'm trying to take a passion and turn it into a business, which is what you're going to find on the internet all over the place, it's so selfishly driven. When I take a, a 
a business and turn into a passion, the focus becomes a lot more on, on the customer, which, by the way, is what business is. That's what it is. Now, if there's a way to mirror those two, how beautiful would that be? It can happen, but but understanding what your passion is was kind of the show, right? That's right. We might we might suggest here that the passion really is is excellence and and how you can easily accomplish excellence in what you're doing. That's right, right, and and, and how that's all about who you're serving, right? Well, that's the big truths of small business. Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and all the others. Please like us. Please give us feedback. We need your support. We're back in business here, and we love you. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths of small business. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths. We got the big truths of small business. Yeah.